Welcome investors to the Absolute Return Podcast, your source for stock market analysis, global macro musings, and hedge fund investment strategies. Your hosts, Julian Klamotko and Michael Kesslering, aim to bring you the knowledge and analysis you need to become a more intelligent and wealthier investor. This episode is brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? This is Julian Klamachko of the Absolute Return Podcast. I'm joined by my co-host, Mike Kesslering. And on today's show, we welcome special guests, Neil Menashe, CEO of Supergroup, and Eric Grubman, Chairman of Sports Entertainment Acquisition. Now, Supergroup operates global online sports betting and gaming businesses, including Betway and Spin. Sports Entertainment Acquisition is merging with Supergroup in a deal that values the company at four percent $64 billion. On the podcast, Neil and Eric discuss the importance of Supergroup's expansion into the emerging U.S. online sports betting and gaming market, why the sports and gaming industry may offer attractive opportunities for investors, insight into Supergroup's merger with SPAC Sports Entertainment Acquisition, key growth initiatives of the newly public company, how Supergroup differentiates itself from competitors including Rush Street and DraftKings, and more. A point of disclosure, the Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF does hold a position in sports entertainment acquisition shares and warrants. So with no further ado, please enjoy our conversation with Neil of Supergroup and Eric of Sports Entertainment Acquisition. All right, I'm pleased to announce we have Neil from Supergroup. He's the CEO. And we have Eric, the chairman of Sports Entertainment Acquisition. On the podcast today, they recently announced a uh, business combination that's going public transaction, which I'm keen to touch on today. But prior to getting into that, uh, both of you gentlemen have pretty interesting uh, long careers in business and and uh, entrepreneurship, sports, etc. So Neil, I wanted to touch on your background. You've been in the online gaming business for over 20 years, started out um, entrepreneur, co-founding Win Technologies. Can you walk us through that experience and then how it evolved into what Supergroup is today? Okay. So thank you. It's great to be on your show. For, for me, is this has been a journey of over two decades. You know, I've done probably every single role in, in the business uh, 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 across this time period. And it's really all been built out of us being able to build what what today has has now become supergroup. So what it means is it's all about taking entrepreneurial spirit, entrepreneurial people, and 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 literally going into this online gaming world. And you know it has tra- it has changed over the last two decades. It's now regulated. It's in lots of markets across the world, and it's now it's become part of what we know now understand as the online world. Remember, t- two decades ago, the online world, people didn't even really know it, right? And especially gaming. Like, yes, you'd heard of some of the other companies, Amazon, et cetera, all doing it, but gaming was never front and foremost. And what's happened is over these last two decades, we've managed with, with the supergroup to create this online gaming company. But what we really are is we are a digital business. We're a digital business that effectively has data in our our DNA. So what is the supergroup? For me, I think, and I always say when we met Eric and John, it's a very special company. It's a special company to all the people who um, who um, work for us. We're made up, as, as we keep telling everyone, of two distinct parts. We are online, global only. 
and we do sports betting and iGaming or online casino. And we split between Betway, which is our flagship international sportsbook brand, and Spin, which is our multi-brand casino offering. And really, it's really simple. Our vision, having worked in all the different parts of the business, is first-class entertainment to the online worldwide betting and gaming community. And, and you might say, why am I keep stressing this word online? Because for us, online is key. That is what we are. We don't have bricks and mortar. We don't, we don't have land-based. Nowhere in the world do we have land-based. It's only online. And I think for us, that's been our unique. And what we're also unique about is we've got this brand called Betway that is across so many jurisdictions, one brand of Sportsbook, and then we've got the multi-brand casino offering. So from that point of view, especially with one brand for casino, we are a very unique proposition. We don't have different brands of different Sportsbooks in different regions of the world. It's one brand, and that's where we get this global scale, global marketing, global brand sponsorship. Now, I do want to dig into the business model a bit more, but prior to getting into that, Eric, I did want to touch a bit about your background. You've had a wide-ranging career. Um, you stints in the Navy and then partner at Goldman Sachs, executive VP at the NFL uh, Football, now chair of Sports Entertainment Acquisition. So a wide range of diversity. What appeals to you about the sports and gaming industry? Well, Julian, um, first of all, thank, for, thank you for having me on the show, and thank you for having uh, Supergroup on the show. Great company and great management team. You know, you missed a slot. One step in my career, albeit brief, was I was co-president of a large utility holding company called Constellation Energy Group. Right. So when you string those things together, there's one common theme, and that's serendipity. Things just happened, and something was attractive and interesting, and I went and did it. But when it came to the sports industry, I made a very uh, deliberate um, decision, judgment, really, that I was going to go to the National Football League when the commissioner at the time, Paul Tagliabue, asked me to, to join the team. And I did it because every step in my career thus far had been in service, like the military, or in services that people had to have, energy, financial services, so forth and so on. And I wanted to be in an environment that was different. I, I wanted to be in an environment that, from the standpoint of how people make decisions and judgments, right is defined as getting the votes. Um, you have to convince people as opposed to um, doing it in a different manner, a hierarchical environment. But in regard of sports, I wanted to be in what I think of as the the pure love business, the passion business. People are fans because they want to be fans. Consume sports and entertainment because it's a core part of their lives that they enjoy. Um, you and I were talking before the podcast about what else we do. And you're a great snowboarder and you're into jujitsu and you're into things like that. You do that because you choose to do that and you love it. If you didn't, you'd get out of those things. And it's the same sports and entertainment. So I really enjoyed it, uh, my years at the NFL. And when I decided to start a SPAC, um, we wanted to point at that industry broadly, sports and entertainment. That's the name of our SPAC, Sports Entertainment Acquisition Corp. So certainly a lot of growth, and you have the positive macro tailwinds backing the sports and gaming industry. So appreciate and agree with your thesis now, Neil, you did mention the Betway 
uh, your online sports betting brand and Spin, your multi-brand online casino offering. I was wondering if you could walk us through the business model, how you guys generate revenue, how the company generates profits. Okay. So really simple. These businesses are really simple. You pay to acquire customers and you keep them in your ecosystem. And that's called your lifetime value. And the difference between the lifetime value and the cost per acquisition is what the business makes. So what that means is this is all about customers. This is all about acquiring retention and looking after these customers. So how we do that is we do that across the world in 23 jurisdictions and growing. And that excludes the U.S. And what it means, it's all about aligning them with whether they're a sports customer or they're an online casino customer, giving them what they want in those in the product. But remember, we open, and this is very important to remember, we open 24 hours a day, seven days a week in 26 languages. So you need scale to deal with this. And also what you need is you need scale with people to be able to deal with the country. So we consider each country a market. So when we say we're 23 jurisdictions, you then got the U.S. as well. Each state in the U.S. would be a market for us. And this is and so how you make money is you have money by this global brand called Betway that can have sponsorships and have customers coming into its ecosystem. But you have to keep the customers. You've got to look after them. The software has to work correctly. And and you have to have this fan engagement, this customer engagement that um, Eric talks about for sports. Whereas if you get online casinos, they're very different. Online casinos need lots of brands. People feel feel the genres of those individual casinos is what they like. So you might have to have different feels of casinos uh, uh, to, 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 to attract those customers. So we do this on a global scale. And we've been doing this for a very long time. And and how we make money is we make money by having managing over 3,500 people across the world that effectively live, eat, and breathe these markets and the customer engagement. And, and for us, is that's what's made us to, to be able to do these profits that we do and, and the, the revenues that we do. And now, a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest-growing alternative investment solution providers, with a suite of institutional-caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund, symbol ARB on the TSX, is the world's first SPAC-focused ETF, with a diversified portfolio of SPAC and merger arbitrage opportunities in an easy-to-use, low-cost ETF. The Accelerate Arbitrage Fund ETF trades under the symbol ARB on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. When when we look at many SPAC targets, they're, they typically, especially U.S. SPAC targets, they typically have a strong U.S. presence that then they are looking to use some of the capital to expand into international markets. How how important is Supergroup's expansion into the U.S. right now? And and can you explain how the uh, digital gaming corporation acquisition kind of uh, play plays into that strategy? Yes. Okay. So as I said, you've got this global market, and the U.S. is a very important part of that. So digital gaming corporation is Supergroup has recently acquired it which is subject to um, regulatory confirmations and, um, and standard closing conditions. And they have access to the Betway brand and they have access to market access in up to initial 10 states in the U.S. Some have, have are, are basically already gone live. And what it means is it's just 
each of those states is another market for us. So what we do is we work with them, with the expertise across the world to open into all these markets. So the same way where the U.S. will, each of these U.S. states will, will be a new market, we've got countries in Africa, countries in Europe we're opening, countries in South America, the whole world. Gaming is for the whole world. And the U.S. is a very important part of that. And by, by doing this transaction with um, Eric and John, is for us it was that we weren't looking to do this transaction. Uh, a mutual colleague who knew Eric and John knew us, and, and they looked at our business and they said, you guys would be a perfect partner. Because once you go into all these markets, it's becoming more regulated, and also the world needs to know us. Before this transaction, the world didn't know us. They knew of Betway, but they didn't really know of who was part of Betway. And for us, it's all part of this global story, global partnership, brand sponsorships across the globe that for us allow us to literally take on market by market. And the U.S. is exactly into that strategy and of market by market. And slowly, and I say to everyone, and this is very important, this is a marathon, not a sprint. Online gaming's been here for the last 20 years. It's going to be here for the next 20, 30, 40 years. It's not going anywhere, but it is, it's who can survive the marathon. You can be the first out of the blocks and then not get your returns, or you can do the marathon. And for us, it's the marathon, and it's the global reach and diversification of our countries and markets. And when you talk about that global reach and the diversification of your countries and markets, mm-hmm. is is that really what it came down to when you when choosing a hold coat type structure for Supergroup? Yes. So, yes, because it was finally putting the businesses, acquiring all the business together and having having all the people working as one into all these regions. Because in order to do this global approach, you've got to have teams across the globe and we've got to work cleverly together. And remember, it's two-sided, as I keep saying, it's Betway, which is sports, which obviously also got its iGaming offering in Betway and it's, and it's the casinos. But you're in the same markets, but it's different customers you're acquiring. So for us, it's been all about working together as one. And then the, the, the meeting Eric and John was just the culmination now that, we are a global business. We need a global presence. And how are we going to expand even more is by coming to the largest market in the world, which is the U.S. and, and, and being listed on, on the New York Stock Exchange. And yeah. having excellent people as Eric and John, as our partner, Eric and John are joining our board. Eric's going to be our chairman. John's going to be, um, John Collins is, is going to be our, and our director. So I think we've got the perfect marrying of this online, what and we say, business with great people to 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 take this business to help us take this business even to to the next level one thread i wanted to expand on you mentioned that it's a marathon not a sprint and it's all about survival you really stress the diversification into different markets now you have this uh expansion expansion into the nascent rapidly growing u.s market and betting is something that's been around for hundreds if not thousands of years so certainly it as a business model makes a ton of sense. However, it is highly regulated and you know, online gaming has been around for you know, 20 plus years. I was wondering, what are some of the major risks that investors should be cognizant of the business and, and especially the expansion into the US? What should we be concerned about? Well, we probably both um, have things that are risks that have to be managed for the management team, for the board of directors, and then if course, for investors. The obvious risks come along with the compliance in the regulatory environment. 
And the regulatory environment is not one single regulatory environment. There are many around the world. The United States is a very good example of that. There isn't one in the United States. There are dozens. Each state has its own regulatory scheme, and one state can different, differ from another state. Another is the management of customer information to make it secure. Management of the payment systems in both directions, that the customer has a good experience and uh, money flows in the direction from the customer to the company and from the company to the customer. And both of those systems have to be managed very carefully, um, expertly, and to provide good safety for the consumer, whether that consumer is in New Jersey or that consumer is somewhere on the subcontinent of Asia. And now a word from our sponsor, Accelerate, one of Canada's most innovative and fastest growing alternative investment solution providers. With a suite of institutional caliber alternative ETFs for investors seeking diversification and long-term performance, the Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF, symbol 1C, ONEC on the TSX is Canada's first alternatives portfolio solution, providing exposure to six alternative asset classes, 10 alternative strategies in one easy to use, one choice ETF that charges a management fee of just 0.2%. The Accelerate One Choice Alternative Portfolio ETF trades under the symbol 1CONEC on the Toronto Stock Exchange. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. So I wanted to get into the recently announced merger, sports entertainment acquisition, and Supergroup uh, going public, valuing Supergroup at a $4.64 billion enterprise value. So certainly a sizable deal here. It's one of the few uh, business combinations without a concurrent pipe, which I find really interesting in the current market environment, because it was also one of the only recent SPAC deals that actually traded up on announcement. The, the SPAC market has been uh, you know, somewhat uh, picked on by the media lately, and it hasn't traded well. Most deals get announced, and, and the stock doesn't really do anything. But SEAH, Sports Entertainment Acquisition, actually traded well. I was wondering if you wanted to walk through some of the deal dynamics with respect, with respect to the structure of the transaction. Sure. The, you know, first of all, as an overarching um, set of principles or observations, I'll I'll say there are good markets and bad markets. There are times when SPACs are in favor and there are times when SPACs are not in favor. The the best you can do is to find a terrific management team and a terrific company with a good business model, something that, that the investor, the SPAC, people operating it can understand and then be able to tell the story to a wide variety of investors from the most sophisticated institutional investor that knows the industry to the retail investor that doesn't know the industry and everything in between. And so we found a terrific management team with a terrific company that has a good business model that is relatively easy to understand. In America, in the capital markets, the the trend has been to focus on the United States when it comes to SPAC transactions with gaming companies. But the reality is that the global market is much bigger than the United States, is um, in some of the areas of the, the world, the jurisdictions are much more mature. In others, they're behind the United States. 
So a company like Supergroup with a global footprint and a, and a history and a keen understanding of how to operate in all different kinds of environments is an attractive investment. And so that's the pitch um, that we are making to the investment community. And, um, you know, I don't really think that we should focus, micro focus on stock price. Right. People are voting with their feet in the stock, out of the stock. Our, our job, the management team's job is to run the company in a terrific manner. And our job as the SPAC sponsor is to continue to keep our heads down, tell the story, um, get the, but get the transaction closed and then add value as board members once we're combined. So with respect to the communication of the long-term thesis behind uh, the transaction and backing Supergroup, what is some of the feedback that you have received from your discussions with investors? Well, Neil's going to probably laugh at this. He's heard me say it um, five or six times already. When we first announced, the first, the, the common reaction we got was, who? <laughs> because Supergroup literally has snuck up on the industry and the investment community. As mm-hmm. Neil described, private for 20 years, and suddenly they're on the public scene. $4.6 billion um, enterprise value as well, so it's not a small company. Big company, very successful, great management team, and people didn't know who they were. So right. who? was a common question. And the second was not a question, it was a reaction. 15 minutes in was, wow. So who and wow, then that means that people who really wanna dig in wanna do their own work. And I think that's what's been happening since we announced, is the institutional um, and retail investor who want exposure to this industry, but don't necessarily know Supergroup, they want to do their homework, and um, and we encourage it, and we think we'll show well. Now we do hear, and I, um, from time to time, hear it from institutional investors, and I certainly see it on social media from uh, retail investors. They are hungry for more information. They want us to put out more information, and so all, all we can really do is is tell people that within the context of the completion of our audit, which is a supergroup audit, which is um, coming up in the completion is coming up in uh, July. We will be able to put out more information and more detailed information, and we will be doing that um, in connection with the regulate, regulatory process with the SEC and then ultimately the shareholder vote so that people have a ton of information uh, that they want, but we're not really able to give them until the audit is complete. Yeah, that makes sense. And investors need to be cognizant of the fact that as you're going through this process of deal completion, you're somewhat restricted on what you can say and the information that you can put out to the market. But that being said, in your investor presentation, uh, Supergroup is forecasting a 25% revenue compound annual growth rate. I was wondering, what are some of the key growth initiatives that will drive this uh, increase in value, increase in revenue growth? Well, it's, it's simple. If, if you take data being part of your DNA and you've got the markets you're in, so think about it. You've got existing markets you're in. You've got all the customers in those existing markets. You're opening up new markets. You've got the scale team across the world. And it's about bringing, bringing for example, we um, say in March we had 2.5 million unique customers in our system. Well, if you take 2.5 million and you say, well, I had 3 million, what if I had 4 million? What if I had 5 million? It's just about engaging, acquiring these customers Keep on developing your products, keep on developing the ecosystem, 
and it's data. It's all about what do these customers want at what moment of their journey in your ecosystem. And you know, we've been building this business on as return on investment for years and years, and 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 this this is no different now. And it's about different markets will be at different stages of the ecosystem. And that's why I keep saying this is a marathon, not a sprint. It doesn't mean because you start off in a market that you have to be the market leader to be. That's not that's that's not our thesis. Our thesis is we will be in all these markets across the world and we will be competitive in all these markets and all of them will be at a different life cycle by, by the very nature of when you open them and also about your product and about how we take this data and use it to the ability to become profitable in these regions. And we make profit. So we're not a business that doesn't make profit. And I know one of the questions you had asked before about why we don't have a pipe, as an example, is, well, Supergroup's bringing 300 million, minimum of 300 million to, to this deal, plus, plus you've got the SPACs, got um, 450 million. We don't need more money yet. Right. You know, we're making money. We're highly profitable. We're not a business that is burning through so much money that unless I've got you know, 500 million in the bank, I can't survive for the next six months or a year. That's not who we are. We are profitable. But yes, different markets will be at different life cycles in that. And and so so for us, we didn't need the pipe. Yeah, that makes sense with respect to the uh, J- Julian, cash. can I uh, just jump in and yeah. highlight something Neil said, which um, I think is incredibly simple and insightful at the same time. And it's, it's something that I, I, this is a stake I want to pound home for investors. And it was one of a handful of really distinguishing factors that jumped out to me and John Collins in the very first discussion that we had with Neil and Richard Hassan. Um, it was not on this call, but um, you hear companies talk about, or investors ask companies, well, what market share do you need? And that language is not, Supergroup language. Supergroup language is around, are they comfortable in a regulatory environment in a particular jurisdiction? Do they have the expertise? Do they believe that they can acquire customers? And then the number of customers globally is what drives the company and how the management team thinks about success. So they have opportunity sets all over the world. And they have investment capital that they can apply to this opportunity set. So when they look at the incremental, Neil talked about two and a half million customers in a, in a, as of March, as a data point, if, if Neil wants 100,000 more customers and he has capital to apply, he's not pinned to a market share projection that he's made to some analyst or some group of investors he could apply that capital where he's going to get the 100,000 customers, the best chance to get the 100,000, or in 10 different places to get 10,000 each. And that is a very different way of thinking than market share per state or market share per country. It is the number of global users and how to maximize the effectiveness of capital and marketing and human resources to make those numbers go up. Now, in terms of competing for those customers, obviously there are some large competitors out there in, in the market in the betting and gaming space. I wanted to touch on how you guys differentiate yourselves from competitors, specifically high growth, higher profile names such as DraftKings and, and Rush Street and companies such as that. So firstly, DraftKings, Rush Street, et cetera, are just US focused. Right. As I said in the beginning, 
U.S. is one part and each state is an individual market. We are on continents. We're in the continent of Africa. We're in lots of countries there in Europe. With DGC, Betways coming to America is in America, just starting, right? We're in South America. This is, we do it differently. So, for example, is we have global sponsorship partnerships. We'll do it with the NBA, the Chicago Bulls, the Brooklyn Nets. We do the, the NHL. And I tell people, we would have done these LED deals, these partnership deals, without even having a business in America. And they say, well, how can you do that? I say, because the NBA is uh, the second most bet on sport we have, as an example. Football, take football, soccer. Is Soccer is not only about the premiership in, in the UK or the Spanish La Liga. It's not because it's only for people living in Spain or, or living in England. It is broadcast across the globe. So we have this brand that we spend and can amortize our, our, our sponsorship. So we've got this global sponsorship but then we can localize targets. And that's the difference. So it's not that we are, and then you've got other um, com competitive hours who will be made up of five big sports books in the sports, sports betting brands in their, in what I call their, their, their coliseum or I say of, of brands that um, they've got. But we've got our one brand. So we open in more markets and that's the key. And the key is then taking, being super focused on the product in each of these markets because little nuances of the product then can make a huge difference in, in return. And, it's, and I think that's why this market share is not such an issue for us. It's more about this global reach and increasing this, this database or of, of customers who enjoy the service in a safe and secure environment that um, we um, give our customers. Right. And prior to wrapping things up today, I did want to ask one last question. Since you guys are the pros, the experts on betting and gaming, what's the best sports bet out there? Do you have any, uh, any sort of tips in the perhaps NHL playoffs, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, uh, boxing match coming up? Uh, where should our listeners be taking a look at? Which bets do you like? Well, I'll give you my uh, own view, personal and professional. To the extent that somebody wants to engage in sports betting, I think that the best bet is something that they're really interested in, entertained by, and are passionate about. Uh, there's an old saying, um, probably goes back to a thousand years, that, that sports betting was invented about 10 seconds after sports. And <laughs> I go back to why this is interesting to us. Um, uh, it's entertainment. At its core, it's entertainment. And people should have fun and be entertained and enjoy it. So the best bet is something you're going to enjoy and it's going to add to your passion and enthusiasm. That's my two cents. And there's so many sports across the globe. So, again, there's so many sports events going on now between the NBA, the NHL playoffs. You've got the Euro football. You've got cricket. You've got tennis. You've got table tennis. We've got eSports. You know, this is an offering across the across multiple sports. So, you know. <laughs> So you got something for everyone, it seems. Well, Neil, Eric, I'd like to thank you for coming on the Absolute Return podcast today. A really insightful discussion for investors wanting to perhaps follow the stock. Currently trades under SEAH. And when the merger closes, I believe the new symbol will be SGHC. Uh, you expect it to close in the back half of 2021. So I wish you guys uh, much success in the future and look forward to how seeing things unfold with the company. Thank you. Thanks so much for having us. Really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Julian. Yep. All right. Perfect. Thanks, gents. Bye, everybody. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Absolute Return Podcast. This episode was brought to you by Accelerate Financial Technologies. Accelerate, because performance matters. Find out more at accelerateshares.com. The views expressed in this podcast are the personal views of the participants and do not reflect the views of Accelerate. No aspect of this podcast constitutes investment, legal, or tax advice. Opinions expressed in this podcast should not be viewed as a recommendation or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any securities or investment strategies. The information and opinions in this podcast are based on current market conditions and may fluctuate and change in the future. No representation or warranty expressed or implied is made on behalf of Accelerate. As to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained this podcast. Accelerate does not accept any liability for any direct, indirect, or consequential loss or damage suffered by any person as a result of relying on all or any part of this podcast, and any liability is expressly disclaimed.